That's a great tune. Oh, the rose, the road, Bette Midler, I think. Maybe like Betty White. What's the difference between Bette Midler and Betty White? I don't know. They're both great, though. Oh, man. Has been too lonely And the road has been too long Whatever. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Snuggly Dragon Podcast. I'm your hof... Hof? I'm your hof? No, I'm not. I'm your host, Coach Beef. Got a couple people to thank for today's episode. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Harvest Moon Coffee Roasters for not only sponsoring the show, but having a quality product that I enjoy. I like to make cold brew out of their fresh grinds, uh, leave it in the fridge for a little bit, take it with uh, some milk and some sugar. I know sugar's bad for you, but just a little bit. Give me a break. It's almost the weekend. Harvest Moon Coffee Roasters, fresh coffee for a fresh life. We're also brought to you in part by the Florabama Lounge Package and Oyster Bar. What can I say about the flab that I haven't said nine million times already? Um, it's got a it's got a nice feel to it. It's located on the state line between Florida and Alabama, kind of a roadhouse style bar. And I'm Patrick Swayze. Um, not a lot of interior walls, mostly just open plywood with colorful graffiti of happy memories past, maybe a couple of suggestions on who to call to get some sexual favors. It's just a real homey place with, with a lot of positive energy, um, harmonic frequencies, all that kind of stuff. Get on over the flab, you deserve it, and bushwhackers on me next Wednesday. You know what? If you go next Wednesday, I swear to God, if you go next Wednesday, November, November, pulling up my schedule. What is November? November 8th. If you go on November 8th, I'll Venmo you. I'll Venmo you like 20 bucks if you if you drink a bushwhacker at the Flab. Anyway, thank you, Flab. Floor Bam. We're also brought to you in part by Shift Sport and Wellness. If you have back pain or want to learn some cool shift about exercise, hit up shiftsportwellness.beef. Just kidding, it's .com. Um, who else we got? There's another one, right? Oh, we're, um, we're also brought to you by Matthew Joseph Quitsaw, a.k.a. The Young Heart Attack. Q-Man's pet peeve of the week, girls who dress up for Halloween as skeletons or zombies and don't smile in pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, the girls always do that kind of like, oh my god, dead look at the camera. I don't know. Q-Man really doesn't like uh, female, young millennial female trends. Uh, and maybe that's something he's got to figure it out. Maybe young female millennials have something they need to figure out. Or you know what? Maybe like all things, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. 
Okay, finally, um, we got snugglydragon.com up and launched. Get yourself over there. You can check out the podcast, all the other episodes. Um, you can watch a couple of my movies. Speaking of which, I'm having a little kind of VIP, low-key, just 50-person, intimate premiere. Cast, crew, loved ones, cute babes. Uh, and we're raffling off two free tickets to this premiere, which is on Saturday, November 18th at 6 p.m. If you have uh, an availability that night, then email that snugglydragon at gmail.com. And I'll put you in a little sweepstakes chance to come out and watch Beef's next biggest movie with all the glamorous stars and people behind the scenes who made it happen. Um, and I believe that's all the housekeeping for today. You know what? Sometimes, when some, some days you just wake up and you just have a podcast and you just got to like say things at the beginning. And, and it's, you know what? It's been a wacky, wacky ride this, this lifetime. My guest for today, his name is Glenn Carmen, and he is the tits. He's brilliant. He's a goofball. He loves genetics. He was absolutely toasting my sandwich about just alleles and jaleels and and, and deoxyribonucleic structural geneticism Instagram. It was dope. He's real funny. He, he knows what he's doing. I think he got like the highest score on the MCAT ever. Or no. He scored like crazy high on the, on the MCAT, and he ends up just going to med school in Louisiana because he's just a good old boy. I don't know. I'm probably botching a lot of his biographical details. You should ask him yourself, but he's real great. We had a fan, fantastic time, and I hope you enjoy. Email that snugglydragon at gmail.com for a chance to win two free tickets to the horse's ass premiere. Anyway, love you guys. Bye. Dragon Podcast. Isn't about interstellar particles? We're live, everybody. Welcome to the Snuggly Dragon Podcast episode. We're either like 36 or 37, I'm not sure. But I'm joined tonight by Glenjamin B. Carmen. Not his real name. What's your real name, sir? Tell us about yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Glenn W. Carmen. Um... We'll uh, we'll reveal what the W stands for sometime later in the in the program. Happy to be here, Max. Thanks for coming, man. Um, you were recently regaling me about bacon, bacon. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So that's something I learned about recently from my roommate Bobby Butera, who asked me to disseminate this. Um, it turns out that most of you have been cooking bacon wrong. Dude, you- I fry it in the pan. It spla- I don't wear a shirt, so it splashes on my chest. The, the bacon grease There's smoke going everywhere How can we fix this? No, that's my fetish too But um, if you put it on a pan in an oven No wrinkles, no crinkling You get a even cook No mess You just crumple up the tinfoil, throw it away And you've got perfect bacon every time 400 degrees What's the difference? Why wouldn't it So when you cook it from underneath it, I guess it just wants to go up but when you're cooking it in a when you, convex, what's it called? Convection style? In a, in a convection style oven, exactly. In that situation, you don't have to flip the bacon. Think about that. <laughs> Why not? Because it's don't. getting the same amount of heat from both sides. But when you make cornbread, you gotta like, 
I guess you just have to spray the bottom because that's what's touching the pan and that gets overheated and burned, right? So if you just coat some sort of layer of, well, bacon already has so much fat in it, it's just going to Bacon renders its own, its own lubricant. Dude, I eat bacon every day. And you so do I. Mind. Huh. Do you consider it more of a protein or a fat? Depends on how long I cook it. And if I pat it down with a paper towel afterwards, depends on, you know, how fat I'm feeling. Are you kind of like tracking your macronutrients at all? Are you looking at fat, protein, carbohydrates and stuff? Um, you know, right now I'm not really, uh, not really thinking about my bathing suit body. So, so no. not really, not really thinking about that so much. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty big into carbs right now. Dude, carbs are the best thing ever. Potato is my is my main carb right now. Mm, dude, I crush carbs. Oh, I mean, carbs is is the best part of everyone's diet. That's everyone's favorite part. Um, you're not looking at worried about your bathing suit. What about your longevity and health? I'm gonna say this as a um, as a third year medical student, Max. I'm not trying to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you trying to live? Oh man, I was thinking about this today. I was like, you know what? I want to be a hundred, but it, but then I was like, who cares how long you live? I think I just want to live as long as I can still do what I love to do every day. See, Max, you want to live fast, die young, and leave a pretty corpse. Or I guess that you know, or, or cool. you know, there's other philosophies. But <laughs> or you can live a long and happy, fulfilling lifestyle. Just don't smoke. Yeah, don't, or do don't smoke don't, cigarettes. Don't do heroin also. Don't do heroin, not even once, not even a microdose. I knew a young woman in one of my music and film classes. She was a British woman, total babe. Um, and she was the TA, so she sat at the front. And you could just stare at her the whole time. British girl. And she said she had tried every single drug. And she was totally fine. She just wanted to do a little smack just to kind of like see what all the hubbub was about. And I thought, wow, what a freaking, what a tremendous spirit. What, what, a, what a badass that you can just do one of the most addictive substances, KTM, and still just walk out on the other side being totally fine. I love the try anything once philosophy. Mm-hmm. I think that it works for most things. And for some people, it may even work for drugs. But for some people, once you get to meth, you're like, wow, <laughs> I found it. I found the one thing that I'm just going to, I'm just going to do. She tried meth, she said, and she was like, yeah, it was crazy. And then I was like, look, I don't want to be a meth head, so I'm just not going to do it. Power of self-discipline, Glenjamin. Some people say, wow, I don't want to be a meth head, but like. People say that? I'm a, I'm a need to go get some meth though. That's how it starts. Have you have you ever been around meth, dude? I don't even know what I would do. I've never do been tonight. around meth. I have been offered bath salts though, and it was like before <gasps> we knew really about bath salts. Bath salts were just like this thing that you could buy at a gas station. Were you trying to bathe? Um, no, I was at a party. It was a kid from oh. that I had gone to high school with. He was like, "Hey, you want to try these bath salts?" I bought them at a gas station, and, and like, I was like, I don't want to try a drug i've never called before that's called bath salts that you bought at a gas station like everything about that sounds like poison yeah um, turns out you turn yeah. into a zombie and you eat flesh 
and not like the cool kind that we like to do but like the actual cannibalistic kind um yikes i i've never i wonder if this girl did bath salts i doubt it well how do you even do bath salts it's like little crystals that you snort i'm actually not positive they're stimulants they're amphetamines a lot of times and you just go nuts and I think eat you, I think you smoke them. I think you can snort them. I don't know. Dude, I think as long as you get them. Hey, just, it's almost Halloween. You got to so. get them in somehow. Anything can happen. Do you think the whole you shouldn't have sex on ecstasy thing is a thing? Because you'll never be able to truly orgasm again? Never tried it. Um, but it's honestly worth not having sex on ecstasy. In case you break it's, sex? It's plausible enough. I don't want to break sex. Sexy. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just had a friend of mine the other day talking about candy flipping. You know what candy flipping is? Regale me. It is um, doing acid and molly, or maybe ecstasy. I don't really don't know the difference. I think ecstasy is a cocktail and molly is the MDMA pure form. It know. sounds like a wake up naked in a field. He said he was coming out of his shins. It's just like every pore of your body is just an orgasmic release and you're just like oh but first of all i think life baseline life is pretty pretty gosh darn cool i think doing acid is pretty gosh darn terrifying and cool and same with ecstasy but all three of them at once i don't know if it's for me glenn i don't know and I don't mean to get... I don't know why we started super hard with narcotics because I know you're trying to be a young professional one day. Um, but I just wanted to pick your brains about it. Hey, drugs are important. It's important to talk about. Because if we pretend that drugs are too bad to talk about, then we just, you know, we end up not educating ourselves. I agree. I think that's the case with and most of And then we those. do drugs wrong. Yeah, it's the case with most of those like taboo subjects like, oh, you can't talk about sex and you can't talk about religion. But then it's like, if you don't talk about it, then it kind of like gets all messed up and then it's like uncomfortable and it probably causes a lot of problems. And, it, and like, I mean, free speech and actual open debate about ideas, that's how we figure out life, right? So I don't think anything should really be censored like that, right? I really think that um, my parents kept me from doing, you know, drugs and experimenting with bad decisions like that. By just being super honest with me about them. And, you know, after that, I was like, wow, I guess I don't really need to do drugs to figure that out. I think that's so important, man. I think... Maybe some of them, but... Open honesty. Well, I was also going to ask you, like, because, yeah, so I don't think any adult should be censored, like, about that material. But what about kids? Like, when do you when do you tell your kid about boners and, like, gasms and smoking marriage a weasel? Well, if your dad's a biologist, like my dad is, then um, pretty pretty early, Max. <laughs> what was that talk like? It was unexpected. Son, you carry oats. I don't even know. It was in a car ride. I remember it very vividly. How old were you? Uh, I was probably about I was probably about eight. Oh my! That is um, my yeah, my dad was singing a, a sea shanty, and uh, what does that mean? I don't uh, know it's like a like a pirate song. You know, got it right. Don't know what a sea shanty is. I will have to. An old sailor's yarn. We'll 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 Google that later. But he said the word rubber in in the song. I was like, Dad, what's what's a rubber? And I got the full story. Whoa! Start to finish. Pirates used condoms. In the third. No, the line was throw your rubbers overboard. So no, the pirates were 
explicitly not using protection. They had protection in in the Elizabethan era. If well, I'm conflating two different regions. I'm thinking of if they had, they would have thrown it overboard, as in the song. Okay, when were condoms invented? Do you know? Because that is not an intuitive idea. Obviously, I've Googled that before. Um, Been down that Wikipedia hole. And um, apparently they used all kinds of different things. for You know, they've been around for hundreds of years. Huh. Different animal parts. Sheep, like sheepskin for some reason. Yeah, sheepskin condom, because that's still a thing, right? I I think that, yeah, I have to get them on the internet now, I think. But um, they're not available in in most gas stations. But yes. Hmm. Weird. Anyway, talk to me about the the explosion of information at eight-year-old Glenn. Cause I didn't learn, I didn't learn that stuff till like I guess fifth grade when you have like that that whole conference with all the boys and all the girls. They like split up and then you talk about hairy balls. And Obviously, most of what my dad was saying to me was just words. I didn't have any context for it, uh, so it didn't, you know, it didn't mean a whole lot. But I still knew that I was I was getting some 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 hard truth. But uh, no, I was still I was still just as traumatized I think as everybody else when we saw that video in fifth grade. <laughs> Oh man, being a parent's got to be so weird. Like Santa Claus, when do you when do you talk when you tell them that Santa Claus isn't real, because you don't want to be that I, jerk who just tells your kid the truth about everything right away. I don't know. <sighs> I'm sorry. What? So, what? What is this truth about Santa Claus well, that you're referring to? So I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, Glenn. My hypothesis these days is that unadulterated truth. And honesty in all aspects of life is probably the best way to conduct oneself. But you don't tell a kid that Santa Claus isn't real and like ruin. Because there's a whole little society of thir- third graders who who have a whole network that is built around Christmas being like. Because if you tell your kid, then they might tell those kids, and then just like just talk to any kid about Santa Claus. And, like, let them go through their rationalizations for, like, how Santa Claus works and, like, how he gets around, how he gets into your house secretly, why he likes the type of cookies he does. Like, that's incredible. Children are extremely creative. So, you know, ride that out as long as you can. I think it's but fascinating. It's a lie. It is a lie. Why are you li- Why are we lying to our children? I think there's a lot of worse lies. I think this is this is a lie that that this is one of the few lies that that helps helps with you know the the growth of the mind. I guess, man. Hey, I'm still trying to figure it all out. I'm like ninety percent sure I want to have kids. I'm like ninety percent sure Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> I still got some questions. Oh man, you know my dad taught me about sex. He said, "Son, a lady." Ugh, I messed up, son. A gentleman always lets a lady go first. And I thought that was just about the coolest thing you could say in that regard. That is, like, since that was coming from your dad, I think that is probably the best way that he could have told you that. That's pretty badass. Is that not great? Your dad sounds like a gentleman. He was a gentleman, for sure. Um, I was also going to say something else cool that he told me once. But I forgot. Well... I'll just cut in since we have Voodoo Fest coming up. Voodoo Fest, I went to Voodoo Fest first when I was 14 years old. 
freshman year of high school, 2006. You're the a Baton Red- Rouge boy. I am a Baton Rouge boy. Came down for the Red Hot Chili Peppers Whoa. because, yeah, Stadium Arcadium had just come out. It's kind of a big concert. And uh, my dad realized at the last second that he had not prepared me the way a father should for his son's first rock and roll concert. So he sat me down and gave me the crash course on rock and roll concerts. He said, Glenn, um, you may have the opportunity to have sex. Use a rubber. And I was like, whoa, probably not. Um, and is he this goes, in the car when you're eight? No, this, this is, is 14 when you're going to the rock. This concert. is 14. My friend's parents are like sitting outside in the car about to pick me up to take me to New Orleans. Oh, he wasn't and he's going like, with you. no, he wasn't going with me. I was going without him. So he like had to impart his, you know, few gems of wisdom you just have sex at rock concerts Uh, no no i don't know but he just thought who knows but he also was like glenn someone might offer you drugs just uh use your head and i was i walked out the door going wow i didn't i didn't expect any of those things to happen this weekend but (laughs) but but now anything is possible um how was that concert i was asked it was awesome did you have sex drugs I mean, you know what happens at Voodoo Fest stays at Voodoo Fest, Max. Please, oh man, Are you going? You're not going this weekend. I'm not. I'm going to Booze and Brews tomorrow. Wait. Oh no, I'm going to Beer Boudin and something next Friday. That sounds pretty good. It's um, be- what's that? Sh- it's Bourbon Bayou Beard. God, there's a lot of alliterative B. Establishments in New Orleans, but I'm pretty sure next Friday I'm going October's to pretty big on alliteration. Um, I'm going to something boudin, beer, and bourbon on bourbon or something. I don't know, but there's also biscuits and buns on banks, which is a really yummy breakfast place. Ooh, that's um, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's real good actually. Um, but you're going to to what tomorrow? You said booze and brews at City Park. Oh, so it's in the 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 it's in the yeah booze not. Booze and brews. It's it's a whole. That's it's a double. It's, a, it's multiple entendres. What are you gonna do there? You ride rides. Right? You do. You ride the rides. Oh, so really? you want to ride some of the more centripetal rides early, early in the evening, so that you don't vomit everywhere. Because okay, centripetal circuit circular. What's the difference between centripetal and centrifugal? <clears throat> the difference between centripetal and centrifugal is the direction of the vector, either towards the center of the axis rotation or away from it. Huh. So centrifugal is pointing inwards, centripetal is outward? Um, I think so. I've, I I've had this argument and I always... Is the thing when you're like, when you're yanking a yo-yo around in like an arc. Pretty sure centrifugal, the vector points away from the center and centripetal, the vector points towards. Yeah, you can, you can look that up. I've had this argument recently and I, I was wrong the last time. I'm just so hesitant to look up stuff on Google because I feel like it makes the podcast feed mess up. Nope, it's still going. Okay, so. Shout out to um, our high school teachers. We're still talking about physics. Oh, Glenn, I'm really trying to get into physics tonight, by the way, because you love physics, right? I was a pretty big fan of physics. Dude, I am a monster fan of physics. Okay. Centripetal force is defined as the component of force acting on a body in a curvilinear motion that is directed toward the center of, of curvature or axis of rotation. So centrif- centripetal, you were right, is going toward the center and centrif- centrifugal is going away. Well, then that little commercial thing I saw on the Disney Channel lied to me. 
when I was like 10. Disney's not, um, not generally speaking, a, a great source of truth. That's where I got a lot of my upbringing, though. Boy Meets World, even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, maybe a little Lazzo Revon. That's fair. That's fair. What is truth, Glenn Carmen? Let's uh, l- when we get to drink two, we'll we'll uh, we'll, re- we'll revisit that. Oh, what is truth? What is truth? Um, Let me I'll for for fourteen year old Glenn, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were truth. That was uh, that was real. I guess is there objective scientific fact beyond the realm of human observation, or do we interact with reality in such a way that it changes? Well, that's a pretty, that's a good question. Um, you don't have to know the answer. I, I mean, I think that there are objective truths, but I mean, there's the whole concept of, you know, uncertainty and, and like, and chaos. And yeah, so like, if you measure something, you change the outcome, right? All right. You talking double slit kind of? Double, double slit kind of thing. Yeah. That's a song. Were you about to sing a song? It sounded like a song. Nope. Double, the double slit. D- d- double slit. No, it's the Mobile One commercial. M- mobile One. Mobile One. Mobile. Double double slit. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think there's such a thing as truth. I think so, too. To I'm an extent. Just asking really tough questions to seem smart. Is it working? It's working. Okay, all I'm right. intimidated. I'm intimidated. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, when I last saw you... Ooh, we were at the LSU game. And you know what? I was with a cute girl. She in, was a babe. Who in no way was I romantically involved with. But I kind of wanted you to think that I was because I just wanted you to think I was cool. I kind of just want you to think I'm cool. I do think you're cool. And I... <laughs> um, but that level of respect is is definitely maintained by... Um, Being around By, by the, the hot chicks that you always have around. <laughs> And and your your uh, your flow, which you've also maintained throughout our entire friendship. Flow cultivation has been a a huge factor for my past five years. Yeah, I guess we met probably freshman year in college. Good old LSU. Good old LSU. Good old LSU, man. I miss college. I miss being able to walk through the hole in the fence between our apartment complexes. Wow. To um, get into shenanigans. Oh man! Recently, I I walked from basically the Kalachi Kitchen because we were at um, Pluckers for the for the Auburn. We just played Auburn, Ole Miss. We just played. We just, uh, we just won. Mm-hmm. Walked all the way from Pluckers to basically High Synth and Lee. You know, it's funny you say that because um, I guess it was it was maybe as maybe as our our home opener this year. I, at one thirty in the morning, ran from Fred's um, to my friend's house. Gosh, what street is that on? It was 2.4 miles away. I don't remember, but oh I, I did God. map it. And you ran the whole time? I ran the whole time. I ran down that entire unlit section of Burbank. Well, you got to run down that part. You got to. You don't stop. Yeah. You don't stop. Oh, man. So what, <laughs> what I'm saying is you and I are still fearless and in in great shape. Yeah, so. we our cardiovascular health is is booming. It's pretty good, which is important. It's dude, 
I can't tell you how many times I've just run home from the bar. It's such a funny thing because it's like you got to walk. It's faster than walking. Exponentially so. And it's cheaper than an Uber. And it's, it's free. And it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of good for you, right? Is, I, are you metabolizing your alcohol any quicker? Or no, you're not. You're That's not. That's, that is a myth. But you're still... You're actually just getting on your VO two max, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's good for, it's good for you know, keeping keeping those lung volumes up. Um, as but far you're not as trying to live forever, so. I'm not trying to live forever. And I mean, basically, what you end up doing is dehydrating yourself and making your hangover worse. That's only if it's hot, right? And you're sweating. well, if you're sweating, right? And you're panting. Don't forget about in that's we call that insensible losses. Huh? Wait, what? Insensible fluid losses. It's like. Sweating and panting, panting. You lose fluid. Absolutely. Like that's how it. That's how it. Out of your yeah. mouth. <gasps> Interesting. I don't have a number for you, but I mean. But it's non-zero. Yeah, that's oh. how a dog keeps cool. Whoa, that is true. All right, they explain don't sweat. me through that. A dog, because they don't have sweat glands, so they go, <laughs> and by doing that, they're expelling water from their system, and there's a cooling sensation. A little bit. I think it's mostly... I mean, it has to be moist air. That's more efficient than dry air. It's more efficient to exchange heat through moisture because oh, so water has heat. a higher... Um, shoot, what's the... What's the like word? Conductive... Anyway, water can absorb more heat than, than dry air. Moist, moist air can absorb more heat than dry air. So if they're expelling moist air, then they're expelling more, more heat than just if they were panting dry air. So that air. works for humans too, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, we sweat. That's our primary yeah, mode of well uh, thermoregulation. But I kind of recently, in the past couple of years, realized that just because you're sweating a whole bunch during your workout, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. And it's like pretty obvious if you think about it. It's like, okay, what if you do the same workout in 50 degree weather? You're not sweating, but you're still getting pretty much all the exact same benefits, right? So could people think they need to like go and sweat and like heat heat themselves up and stuff? But that's and you, you see people working out like with a trash bag wrapped around them. I was arrested. Yeah, man. you we, you will sweat more. Well, if your goal is to lose weight Im- immediately, if your goal is to lose weight immediately, you will because yeah. you'll lose water weight. Right, but just just sweating during your workout doesn't necessarily mean is not a good indication doesn't. of intensity or, or benefit. No, you should be more focused on on your heart rate. Heart rate. What do you mean? Well, I know what heart rate is, but why should you be more focused on your heart rate? Um, so it's sort of a actually learned a little bit about stress testing today. Cool. Um, so your theoretical maximum heart rate is defined as um, 220 minus your age. So that's like your theoretical maximum oh, heart rate. Me. So 220 minus 25 is almost 195. Mm-hmm. It's 195. So like if your heart rate oh, so gets... That's like how... If your heart rate gets over 195 while you're exercising, you should stop. But as long as it's under that... You're good, but you should, and then like for like a, when you're doing like a stress test in like a medical sense, it's that times 0.85. And so that would be a good place for you to get. Meaning, so 190, 195, 85% of 195 is like 170-ish, 160-ish, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that means. So if you're getting up to about 170 heart rate, that means you're doing really good, um, really good aerobic activity. Oh, Yeah. But, you know, oh, if you're if you're only rocking a heart rate of around 100, you know, kick it up a notch. Kick up that incline. Do you have any um, 
insight about resting heart rates? Resting heart rates? Yeah, because some schools of thought say, okay, if you're like Lance Armstrong, like 40 beats per minute or whatever, you're just so efficient that yeah, so you're like a high some people think that you should have kind of a higher one because it just means you're working, you're metabolizing, and you're burning. Yeah, so that's um, that's interesting. So like somebody like Lance Armstrong or just anybody who's like a high endurance athlete or somebody who's in really good shape may have a heart rate, a resting heart rate in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And that's normal for them. But if you, you know, have a sedentary lifestyle, if you don't run, if you don't exercise, you have no reason for your, you know, heart to be a finely tuned machine and your heart rate's in the 40s, that's probably bad. That just means there's some sort of blockage. Well, there's more than one reason for your heart rate to get low, but like... Right, and I don't think a lot of people know that. It, like, I think one indication is metabolic activity, right? But it's it's not just like, oh, if you have a, a low heart rate, you're healthy, and if you have a high one, you're, you're not. Right, it's that's not, not necessarily true. Right. If you're healthy, if you're really, if you have really good cardiovascular health, you might have a low heart rate, but not, not vice versa, necessarily. So if you have really good cardiovascular health, you don't think you would have a resting heart rate of above, and of course it varies person to person, but like 65, 70? And that's not unusual either. I mean, so you, you, you want to be like, you want to be like under 100. Well, yeah, yeah. But anything under, I mean, anything in that range, in that normal range is, is really, it's not like, you're not going to, a cardiologist isn't going to be worried about it. Right, so you're in sick care, not in super health care right right so i guess i'm a healthy dude and i'm trying to get even more healthy i'm not a sick dude trying to get more healthy right so, so you're probably not going to like come into the hospital brag to me about how fucking healthy you are <laughs> i might like i've been waiting for some bro to come in and be like what's up nothing's wrong with me i'm fucking sick and then like you know like flex at me <laughs> dude so so I still get like a physical and everything once a year because might as well. I think an objective test of of your bodily function once a year is an incredibly smart thing to do. And I feel so stupid because I go in and I'm like, all right, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm nothing. I just want you to check my blood pressure. She's like, tell me I'm gonna be okay and hold me. I don't know. Um, I wish I could give you the evidence based medicine answer for how often you should get a checkup, but I mean, checkups never a bad thing. Right. Usually, usually not a bad thing. Unless it's a waste of time and you could have been volunteering in the soup kitchen. I mean, so one of, one of the things that we, we talk about in in medicine is like over over screening. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say there's you're, you feel great. You're totally healthy. You're not having any problems. And we test you for prostate cancer. Well, the screening tests aren't very good. And sometimes there's false positives. So maybe you don't have prostate cancer. And because we did an unnecessary screening and got a weird result now we're like hey you might you might have prostate cancer like you totally don't nothing has changed but now you're worried about prostate cancer there's still that that baseline reality that you do not have prostate. you do not have prostate cancer but now you're worried about it and your quality of life is worse now because you're worried about having prostate cancer so you're worse you're you're worse off than you were before you came in because now you have anxiety about prostate cancer dude so this is a thing because and like i guess this is kind of personal but whatever um this is super, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's too personal or not. But Go it there. has to do with like my fucking family wants me to get like genetic testing done, and it's mm-hmm. like because there is a history in my family of some disorder of some chromosome or whatever, right? And it's just like, should I do that? 
I did it. You did. You got genetic tested. Well, that makes me feel bad. not not by a physician. So, by not I a did. I, I, you, have you heard of Twenty Three and Me, the I company? Think? I'm. So no. there's a few of these companies. They're one of the bigger ones. But you you order a test kit. You literally spit into a tube. So this is what I have, and mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, but I'm about mm-hmm. to. So I did that. I spit into a tube. You send it off, and they. I'm not exactly. Sh- they they sequence a large portion of your de- of your your genome. I don't know if they do the whole thing. What do you mean they sequence your genome? Like they. What does that mean? So, um, I mean your 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 genome is your is your DNA. Like double. Helix. That's all of your DNA. All of your double helix, right? So your forty six chromosomes, twenty three pairs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Twenty three pairs. That's why the company is called Twenty Three and Me because twenty three pairs, right? So. Hmm. So that's um. 22 pairs of autosomal chromosomes and one pair of sex chromosomes. And those can be one of four So combinations? Um, kind of. If I had a whiteboard, I could, I could draw it out. But basically, you know, you inherit one half of your genome from your mom and one half of your genome from your dad. So those are your two copies mm-hmm. of your genome. Um. So what? So of course, DNA is—it's a language, basically. Um, you have four letters in that language: mm-hmm. A, G, C, and T. These are four molecules. Adenine. Adenosine. Guanine. Guanine. What are the other two letters? Don't tell me the words. What are the other two letters? T. T. T- Triosophane. I don't remember that one. Close. The C is cytosine. I didn't remember that. But I That's got okay. guanine, which is cool. Anyway, keep going. All right. So anyway, these are basically your four letters. The alphabet. Okay, the alphabet's four letters. All right. Mm-hmm. So these are basically your four letters in your in your genetic alphabet. And they are, you write in groups of three, three letters. All right? So these are called a, called a codon. So these letters are arranged into codons, which are three letters. And you then have proteins that can read this language and turn this you know, DNA language, they turn it into an RNA language, which is a very similar molecule, which is an intermediate. And then you have other proteins that read that and turn that into proteins. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're always doing. You're all, you go from DNA to RNA to protein. In my, my cells are doing that right now? All the time. All the time. And so, like, my skin cells are just making new skin mm-hmm. cells. Well, so I'm just talking about your skin cells making things that they need to survive. They're not creating new cells. They are also doing that. They can. Yeah. Well, so some some of your cells can divide. Some of them can't. Okay. Um, so like your immune cells are your and your blood cells are your big big ones that divide all the time, right? You're constantly making new blood cells. You're constantly making new immune cells. So they're dividing. So that's the two things your DNA can do. It can be written. It can be read and made. You can make proteins. All of the things that your body is made up of, you know, all the instructions come from your genetic language. It's all written in your DNA. And that is fucking It's wild. pretty wild and actually scientists have been able to store information on DNA the same way that you store information on like a hard drive. On like a hard drive. Because it's um, a digital because it's a system, code. Right? It's a code. Yeah. It's a language. Well, it's, it's a, la- a quad digital, quadra digital. I don't know if the word. Yeah, I'm not that. sure what the nomenclature is for that, but yeah, it's a language, just like any other language and you can store I mean the information that you know is you the instructions for you and for me are written on our dna 
And so we have gotten pretty good at reading those instructions and we can manipulate them. That's, you know, GMOs. Uh-huh. I mean, Make you know, we're, we're fucking good. with the, you know, we're fucking with the, the recipe for these plants. That's, that's the, you know, another way to look at it. The DNA is the recipe. We can take pieces out of the recipe and add our own pieces to the recipe and we get a new, we get a new fucking plant. Or it's not a new plant, but it's a plant that does something maybe a little bit better. Or you can solve a genetic disorder, right? Yep. Or you can pick if your kid's going to have blue eyes. I mean, in theory, yeah. It's a, it's a lot more complicated than that, but yeah. but yes. I mean, there's no reason that in a couple of decades we can't be picking our the, you know how our, what our kid looks like. So hold on, slow your goddamn roll. The the force that is causing me to be alive. It's it's my heart fucking like pumping out blood, which mercs around oxygen and other probably dope stuff. To all parts of my body. Lots so that, of dope stuff. That I'm getting from the air so that I can rebuild and and just make stuff that will make me keep being alive. And the code for that is not in my brain. It, it's in each individual so, cell. So let me put it this way. Um, and this is how, if you speak to the most evolutionary biologists, this is how they'll put it. I'm an evolutionary you, biologist. You are a gene. Okay? You're, you are, your genome is what is you. Your That's body, in every cell in my body, every cell in your body. So basically, you are a vessel for the propagation of your DNA, just like anything else that's alive on this planet. It's all everything that happens to you, everything that you do, all of your behaviors. It's just so I can. The make- reason you have those behaviors is because they make everything you do makes you more likely, in theory, if everything works right, everything you do is making it more likely that your DNA will propagate to the next generation. Dude, that's arguably... The, so it's the prime directive of all life is, is to just... fucking... Have sex with hot chicks. <laughs> Why do we think chicks are hot, Max? Because our fucking... Because our... Genome wants to, to, to combine with Your yours? gene... Your, your, your DNA tells you that girl's hot. You don't think about it. You don't think about, like, why do I find that girl attractive? Like, you're not looking at her going, like, wow, that girl looks, like, super viable. Like, she, she looks like someone who can, like, outrun a predator and, like, <laughs> also, you know, like, give birth to a child that's half my genetic material. You don't think about that. You're just like, that. she's a babe. She, you know. So... Oh my god, lots to unpack there. So like is the meaning of life just to have babies? I mean, if you ask our biology then yeah. I mean, you you and I are sitting here drinking um dope cocktails and talking into some dope microphones. So clearly we've risen above our prime directive a little bit. True. Um I don't know if this conversation is directly going to Lead to the propagation of my genome. Hopefully it does. (laughs) Cheers to that, Max. Jesus, dude. Right. So, of course not that the only thing to do in life is propagate your your DNA because then you're no better than, than a mosquito, right? But human beings are capable of creating other things besides human beings like art and positive emotion and... 
Yeah, the the human experience on Earth is is extremely complicated. You don't say. And um, and of course, you know, if if you kind of if you really want to distill it all down to just all being a means to that very particular end, which is to one create offspring, and two make sure that those offspring are able to create their own offspring. So those are basically the two directives of any living thing on Earth. Oh my God! You you have to have the child, and you have to make sure that your child can have its own child. And you see the child rearing age. And I, you know, I'm not the person to ask about where like art and like where the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, fall. <laughs> like like me listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, when I'm studying, has nothing to do with with any of that. I just enjoy it, so you know, I can't explain that. Dude, wow. So. Talk to me about how, because you said you're not, when you're looking at a beautiful babe. So from my understanding, it's that pretty much universally men are attracted to women that with an hourglass figure that look like they probably would give healthy babies. Like they would be able to, to sustain them and take care of them and not, not they wouldn't die during childbirth because they have big enough hips and all this kind of shit. But like, come on, like a beautiful bosom and a nice pair of hips that's like what everybody likes right um when you smell their pheromones i guess which which we can only kind of do on a partially conscious level and the rest is like subconscious i suppose doesn't that tell you that your combination of your dna would propagate a healthy viable substrate so there has been research done on that in humans um, and there was a really good Discovery Channel uh, documentary on that uh, a while back. I don't remember exactly what their conclusions were on that. I think it's still a little hazy. Um, but people do have a very strong sort of subconscious response to familiar human smells. Um, to the ex- I no, I can't go there. You just have to watch the. Uh, you just have to watch the documentary. It's. I don't. I, it's. What's it called? Ah, uh, something about sex. I. Don't, I don't remember. But just the word sex was in. Was in the name. Sex documentary in Google. Yeah, just Google Tell sex what you find. and nothing bad will happen. <laughs> I promise. I heard about a study. They 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 had dudes not wear deodorant because deodorant like messes it up, right? They yeah. had dudes not wear deodorant and just wear. Um, like white t-shirts for like a day or whatever, like work out in them or something. Just get their their stench all over it. And then they had women, musk. kind of like blonde musk, much better word, uh, like double blind or whatever. Um, then women come in and they smell each one and they pick which guy they think is the most attractive. And there was ah oh man, I'm botching this, but there was some sort of yeah. This is the study I was thinking of. There's some there was something where it was like they were on birth control. And oh, that maybe, changed, maybe this is a different study that changed like 80% of the responses or something. And the conclusion was like birth control. So maybe it was women who was who were wearing the clothes. I should research this. You know, it's my duty for the next episode. I will actually properly research this. Dr. Christopher Ryan was discussing this on some podcast with Duncan Trussell. Anyway, it was like the conclusion was that birth control hides either the woman's scent or blocks the woman's ability to to smell what she what would match well for her or something and then it's like a whole thing 
That's very interesting. So I guess birth control. Because, I mean, how many people have kids on birth control? A lot. Or, like, how many people select mates while they're on birth control? Apparently, it's some sort of divider in the natural process that <laughs> I want to say there is. I've heard a lot about the whole. Oh, oh, I thought when you said have kids on birth control, I meant people who have children who are on birth control, not like people. I mean, I mean you select your mate and then you get off birth control. I see. And then, but you might not have selected that mate had you been on birth control. There's like a whole thing about that. Anyway, genetics freaks me out and gets me pumped up about life. It's pretty great. Do you have any other cool, like, genetics yarns? Oh, genetics yarns. I mean, there's there's a lot. If I think of one, I'll Just I'll bring it up. Me. I mean, there's there's lots of things, you know, that are that are genetic that you, you may not think about that you probably... You know, characteristics you share with your parents um, yeah I'll see if I can think of any while we're talking I'm having trouble coming up with any of the the, the cool spot. Give me an the cool the cool you know no, that's it. my party trick is like oh wow can you you know do you have a trigger thumb <laughs> call your parents one of them might not be your dad you know a what or a hitchhiker's thumb it's oh, autosomal okay. dominant so like if neither of your parents have a hitchhiker's thumb then one oh, of them lied to you yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, do you know what Charles Darwin got incorrect about evolution? It's hard to say what he got incorrect. I mean, I haven't read The Origin of Species in a uh, in like that I type say of context. He messed up some things. He probably did. He um, Cause he extrapolated a lot, and I think he, he got a big platform while he was still alive, and and I think he like spoke on issues that he wasn't necessarily super qualified to. So he made he made some observations that uh, y- you know that led to our you know what is our current understanding of evolution. Um, he didn't have all the answers in his lifetime. I'm sure that he made some extrapolations that were were incorrect. I mean, basically, you know, he he was able to to look at animals that lived in different parts of the world that had certain characteristics. He was able to, you know, his finches were a big a big uh, a big study he was able to see that you know this population of animals changed um, in or they adapted in order to um, survive in a changing world um, key mr. Carmen so that was a lot of I mean he was able to show that you know populations of animals change over time in order to in order for their species to survive and that was the basis of you know his evolutionary theory and also you know he went on different continents found the same fossils you know um I, what made what something that i just thought of is um there's some sort of i don't want to say either a mollusk or a flounder or some sort of fish that like lives on the bottom and it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty uh planar and so it's uh, what I forget what the organism is, but it's like just a really cool example of, of adaptation and survival of the fittest. So there's these big, I guess, kind of classic male across all species. You prioritize kind of dominance and power and and strength and size, kind of. Well, for most, uh, it really depends. Um, like in arthropods, uh, like you know, insects, it's frequently not the case. Huh. Spiders, the females are much much larger and then the males they live much longer um they actually eat the males 
you know? <sighs> Great metaphor. Um, but anyway, it's this like this bottom feeding seafaring creature, and it's like the classic male is like this big guy that can okay. have this big um, birth, you know, this mm. kind of wingspan, if you will. Right, wings, but right. He's got he's got two polos on, you know, collars popped, yeah. like Shades like he fucking lifts, frat cleats on, mid calves. He's looking good. This guy fucks. This dude pulls. So. The classic model of their mating is the the big ass male will kind of cover the female and like or like invite her down to underneath him and then they'll like do the devil's dance or whatever and then blah 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 we get a new mollusk or whatever. But there's a sneaker male, which is a subset of the population that developed, that actually disguises itself to become more feminine in this in this fish's ah yes phenotype. And it, so it, so the big males, the big jock douches... Doesn't try like, to kick its ass. It'll invite it underneath it, and then that sneaker male will mate with the women that are also underneath it. So adaptation, pretty key. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fascinating adaptation. Pretty cool. Do you have a favorite scientist? Um, Do I have a favorite scientist? Because I just learned about how Isaac Newton was actually kind of a dick. And like the whole, I stand on the shoulders of giants. That actually, he one of his main competitions was a dwarf. So he was kind of like knocking that dude when he said that, and that kind of like apparently, apparently he was super into like reading secret message, decoding secret messages from the Bible and stuff. And like um, Newtonian physics was only like a small portion of his. Yeah, I mean, doing. it's it's important to remember the context in which he was discovering all of that stuff. I mean, he was pretty progressive. You know, in, Beast, not in, to, yeah. Not to I mean, he he was a very smart man, but you think about his surroundings and what he was brought up in. I mean, him, there's no doubt that he had his superstitions. Like he probably held a lot of the same superstitious beliefs that his contemporaries held. You know, despite well, what year was was he? Do you know? You're calling me out. I don't know. That's a good question. Isaac Newton. Biography.com. This episode of the Snuggly Dragon podcast is brought to you by Isaac Newton at Biography.com. 1643. Wow. 1643? Yeah, so... Not even that long ago. Considering the duration of, you know, the human existence. The blink of an eye, We went a long time without calculus. See, this is why I don't pull stuff up on the internet, because it starts playing videos that I don't want. Okay. Um, talk to me about the superstitions of the 1600s. Like, he th- he thought, what kind of weird shit did he think? Well, I don't know. I don't know specifically, but He's I mean... He was born before the internet, so what do you expect? I mean, people were burning witches at the stake back then, and, you know, I don't know what Isaac Newton would have told you if you asked him if he believed in <laughs> in witches and witchcraft. But um, apparently, he was a total virgin. That's what I heard. That's uh, uh, you know, let's let's pour one out for for old hey, Isaac. Happens, man. I mean, he he spent a lot of time in the lab. So you don't have a favorite scientist? Even I like I, oh, I got a I don't know I don't know if I have a favorite scientist. I have a I kind of have a favorite scientist, um, and he's kind of a nut job. Um, his name is Kerry Mullis, and um, he's I mean he's he's a brilliant scientist. He made one of the largest contributions to genetics research of any scientist. He discovered something called PCR or invented this technique called PCR. 
And um, what PCR does is it allows us to amplify pieces of DNA like millions fold and allow us to study genes. Um, And this was huge because before this, like genetics research was extremely painstakingly slow and tedious and error prone. And he created this technology that, um, let's see, it was in the 80s when he when he discovered uh, this technology um but he actually wrote a book where he describes the inception of this and he was cruising down a highway in california the one of those coastal highways um he was apparently on acid at the time i don't know this is this is the legend anyway that he was like his like had his girlfriend with him and he he was operating a motor vehicle you know i don't know if he actually wrote that in the book, but that's part of the legend. But he pulled over on the side of the road and was like, holy shit. P- PRC. I, I just figured it out. I just, <laughs> like, he, he had been, I mean, he was a geneticist. He had this problem that he was trying to solve, and he's just driving down the road at night, had to stop his car because he just, it just, the answer came to him. A eureka moment. The eureka moment. And he's just, a, he's, a, he's a fascinating individual. He also is a big believer in astrology. Oh boy! So you know he he kind of he he plays both sides of the of the sort of the the, the spectrum there. I was hoping you were going to say astronomy, but astrology. I no, yeah, it's it's that's a whole it's not thing, quite man. the same thing. <laughs> I but it wants to be. <laughs> I might have told this story before, but just classic beef. I'm beef, by the way. I don't. My friends call me beef for some goddamn reason. Beef, beef. Who has a friend named Meat? It's it's true. It's so they used to call me. My real name's William. They used to call me Billy. Then that became Billy F. Then B Funk. Then Beef. So it really has nothing to do with cows. It's just uh, anyway. Continue beef. Beef. I'm like talking to this very and i'm actually gonna have these girls on the podcast eventually they're two sisters the they're the cooks lauren cook and kelsey cook absolute angels um so i'm like hanging with them we're sitting on the levee um just looking at a beautiful lake pontchartrain sunset and they're they're like kind of into astrology and all that stuff and i'm just being a classic scientist jerk and just assuming that they're stupid and like make like make fun of them give them all the shit and they were they they guessed my sign. They were like, "Like we, like we can get you. Like we know what you are." I was like, "Okay, what are you doing?" And they just got me. They got me Aquarius. Like boom. And I was like, "God damn it!" And then they were going on about, "Oh, so you don't think the universe uh, is composed of patterns, and you don't think uh, things repeat themselves and click?" And they were kind of getting me in on astrology. It was like that time my acting teacher was convincing me about Mormonism. When you when you hear when you hear the testimonies from the believers uh sometimes they they'll surprise you man they're very well they're they're they tend to be very well refined yeah testimonies it's a good point that there's definitely something going on i don't know if if mercury's in retrograde then you're gonna find your crush at school today but i mean the universe is composed of of patterns and and math and it's true music is in eighths and that's a thing would you agree Oh yeah, I think that's. Um, I mean, I I don't know a whole lot about astrology personally. Good, not enough to, you know, to even criticize it. Right. Um, but I agree with what I think. What you said about patterns is is absolutely true. I think there's a lot of 
a lot of times when you can sort of exploit patterns to make it seem like there's more going on than there actually is. Right. Um, s- sort of, you know, how psychics work. Um, you know, there are certain things that are true about most people that they Very can, vague that they can, you know, yeah. look like they guessed about you, but yeah. Have you ever been to a psychic or, or, or known anyone? Who I've, has? I've, um, you know, I've definitely had conversations where somebody like told me they were a psychic and I was like, holy shit. Like, this was a normal conversation, but it just got bumped up to the next level. What did you say after that? Well, because it's just immediate skepticism. Like it has to be right. It's of course it's immediate skepticism, but then I feel a little bit guilty about that, and I usually change the subject because I don't want to. I don't want to like. I feel like if I ask them something, it's going to be like whether I want it to be or not. It's going to be judgmental, and like I don't want to be judgmental like about that. It's somebody else's beliefs, and I don't. I don't want to like. Yeah, but they believe that they can fucking tell you the future yeah i don't know you know it's just like i i like i don't believe it so like if i ask them if i'm like hey well tell me something about myself like like i so so much do not believe that that i feel like there's no way i can ask them that without like feeling like i'm ridiculing them and i don't want to you know yeah i don't want to feel like a jerk but uh i mean but speaking of you know of astrology i think um maybe this is a tangent i don't think so um, we my, specialize my, in tangents here on this. My favorite uh, Outcast album is Equimini. Wow! Yeah, I don't know which one that is, but I do uh, like. It's, I think it's supposed to be like an astrology. Um, well, Aquarius and Gemini. I mean, Aquimini. I don't know which album album that was. Was that like? It was one of the older ones. You know, it's from the nineties, dude. Al- wow, I'm pretty Outcast sure that. I'm pretty the sure 90s? that. Yeah, that's when that's when all their best work was. My favorite song, which our boy Deuce introduced me to, um, Spody Odie Dobelicious. My favorite Outcast song, hands, yeah? hands down. Spody Odie? Spody Odie Dobelicious. Damn. Dude, Outcast is super cool. The first time I saw my Spody Odie Dobelicious angel, I remember that damn thing like yesterday. Dude, Andre Three Stacks. I want to. What a beast! What that's that's on him? my bucket list. Like speaking of like, you know, like you asked me how long I want to live, and it's like at least long enough to meet to Andre, Andre. three thousand. <laughs> that big boy. If he's there, then uh, cool. But uh, yeah, no. If he's there, that'd be tight. He's but. not the coolest one of them two. Three sex definitely is. It definitely, definitely. I love. I mean, I'm just like cliche and lame with it, but like. Hey Ya is one of my is one of my anthems, man. That's just like the happiest song out of nothing that has ever happened. That song um, was voted like the sing like the single of the nineties, right? It's like I mean of the two thousands of the two thousands. Of the O's. It's like it's just what the hell's going on with that song? They're saying Hey Ya. I don't even know what that means. That song goes so many different directions. Dude, they are so unique and 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 awesome apparently they they met in some sort of art school program and they just dropped out and made outcast together um i love so fresh and so clean like that's just you can't put that song on and not feel like a gangster and like have a sick morning you feel so fresh and so clean sometimes i don't even take a bath or shower because i just listen to that song you don't have to if you're in a rush in the morning just put that on in the car and you're, you're good to go i often do but also maybe put a hat on. 
That's why I wear hats a lot. Yeah. Dude, the hat is the move. Oh my gosh. You don't have to like do your hair and like wash it all the time and put product in it. You just throw a hat on. You look I I can't get away with that anymore because um Maybe not. The and and maybe I need to invent this, but yeah, the um the professional hospital baseball cap. It's not hasn't it, caught on it yet. Hasn't caught on yet. Backwards? No. No. I mean, if you're if you're a surgeon, you can just wear the bouffant around all day, the little hairnet thing. The do rag thing? Uh, I mean, there's a couple different different modes, but I mean, most people just wear the little blue hairnet thing. Slap that on right when you get to work. You're good. Whole you rest used of the have day. You a buzzed head, right? Unfortunately, yes. That was one of the. It doesn't look great. It on looked. Anybody. It looked. And it looked real bad on me. <laughs> I can't imagine it being that bad. I'll tell you what. I had to go back a couple years on Facebook recently to find um, a picture of me when I was Avatar for Halloween, um, freshman year of college, and it was rough. It was. It was. Uh, that was a rough. Look. That was a rough journey going through my hairstyles. It's, it's just never. It just makes your head look kind of out of order, and but it's so low maintenance, which is dope. exactly I could, you know, m- cut my own hair. Yeah, you could shower for free. In a minute. In a minute. Minute. You didn't have to shower. A minute. I mean, we did, but you didn't have to. Together. Right. Um. What are you being for Halloween? Uh, my roommate and I are. Uh, we're going as uh, the the two. DEA agent, DAA agents from uh, DEA agents, DEA agents from Narcos. Oh, um, nice! So I'm going as the Javier Pena character. I'm trying to remember what the other guy's name is. Are you Hispanic at all? I am not Hispanic at all. What is your ethnicity? Well, uh, go back to it. 23 and Me um, told me that I'm like pretty, pretty heavily English. Little little Dutch in there. Little, little German. I'm trying to see what you look like. Like, you know, um, I don't know what you look like. You're so yeah, and the listeners don't know either. Describe me. You're just a white guy. With like a dick. Yeah, he fucking nailed it. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just look like a monkey. And not in yeah, a bad way at all. Like in, a, you look in like, like a primate. Like, like a I primate. Look, I look the same way. Like you got sunken in eyeballs and you yeah. got a jaw. You know, fully enclosed eye orbits. I have, <laughs> you know, I have 20... Uh, 28 teeth. I gotta figure out what I'm being for Halloween. I yeah. was gonna be Jon Snow. I mean, yeah. My thing, I just, I'm wearing fucking scrubs, right? Like, I, I do Halloween like, you, all the you've, time. You've maintained the flow. You should, you should use it. You should capitalize on it. If you can, if you can do any, like, hair makeup kind of thing, that's, that's always helpful. I might be, like, a crazy rocket scientist or mad scientist. Um, I kind of want to get like Spartacus braids or something and be a warrior. I mean, it's basically tomorrow, so I gotta. It's basically tomorrow. I should probably figure that out. Yeah, I realized this week that I was a total chump because I was going. I had to buy a fake mustache today. I can grow my own mustache, but I just didn't have the foresight to to grow out my facial hair. I mean, that's. I need to put that on my calendar next year. Like, stop shaving at least a month out. Definitely, man. Because you want to have that in your back pocket if you're looking for yeah, a you costume. Just do a free mustache, like it's easy as hell. And same with Christmas presents. I'm so bad with that. Those sneak up on me, dude. I I put a memo 
in my calendar in July to figure out my Christmas presents. And I've just been hitting the snooze button on it. And now it's almost November. And am I going to learn my lesson? We'll see. I hope so. Dude, because it's just... You always feel like such a jerk when you're late on your Christmas presents and you're scrambling and you're just, you just put it off. You know what, guys? Order your Christmas presents for your loved ones today. Not tomorrow. Not after breakfast. Today. Especially, you know, if you're gonna do if you're gonna go the homemade route. It takes a little longer. You gotta start now. Yeah. And you know what always works is just especially for your female relatives, a super honest, heartfelt letter about the things you love about them and what you hope for their future and and that goes a long way. That's true. Your words. What's the best Christmas present you've ever received? So Oh, that's that's tough. You mean like best Christmas present besides N64? Dude, it's so funny you went there because that's exactly where I was like, Yoshi's story on N64? Like, probably? In terms Dude, of like N64, Christmas presents, like, oh my God. like just if we're just going on like, just like one metric that is like hours of joy, Nintendo 64. If we're talking about the gift that keeps number of people who my Christmas present have brought joy to, Nintendo 64. Like, if you're the guy in the dorm, like who has a Nintendo 64, four controllers, and Super Smash, you are you're the, guy. the you're the hub. You are the the spot. Like everything will revolve around your room. It's true, man. So that's like a, I mean, because you probably got the N64 came out in what 1996 or something. And you're talking about dorm. You're talking about 2010. I'm talking about 2010. I was the guy on my floor who had Super Smash Bros. And luckily, I let the guy down the hall, like, house it, because he had um, a bigger TV. So we just put the N64 in his room all hours of the day. Oh, there was N- There was Super Smash Bros. being played at a very high level. Just extreme quality. I mean... Play. Like, if eight-year-old Glenn went up against, you know, like, people who had now been playing for for literally 20 years, well, maybe not at the time, 20 years, but, like, I mean, let's just you say... you're savage at Smash? I'm, I'm still not that great, but, like, I, I have been in the presence of... of, of Champion. Of, of, true, of true greatness, like, you know, virtuoso... Game playing just skill, level just dialed in. Like best I, character is who? I'm, I'm best best character for me. I mean, I play. I'm I'm Pikachu. Like I'm that oh asshole who's God. like you just down I'm yeah. I'm just thunderbolting you from the bottom of the map. Like shit. I'm not gonna win. I'm probably not even gonna get that many KOs. But I'm gonna make it hard on everybody else. Pikachu's. I'm gonna like he levels the playing field. He's the cheapest character I had one of the, my my roommate I'm a, brawl, I'm a big smash brawl guy in fact I have it set up too complicated right over there. for me See I like it I I think you can glitch people very easily in N64 um but I mean come on I'm still a big fan my roommates too uh, in the previous house I lived in we would play so much smash um what was I going to say Oh I so yeah so I used to think I was pretty good as well and then at LSU I went to like a brawl or not a brawl and it was a super smash brothers tournament and they had n64 melee and brawl pretty much everyone was playing n64 the trilogy it was insane 
it was like these dudes they can see dude into the future like a few milliseconds psychics plan smash. they know what's going to happen damn I can't it's like here. it's like from uh you know from the first toby Maguire spider-man movie you know where they talked about spidey senses and they were like remember the spider that could see into the future you are a nerd aren't you Glenn? yeah, yeah that's totally- <laughs> That movie was fucking dope. Dude, I loved the first one. The second first one was great. Also second great. one, even better, some people would the, say. The, the third, third one was a dumpster one. fire, though. Yeah, I didn't like the third one. I, I mean, I love the concept of Venom, because that's just badass, but no, the first and second the one execution was, was poor. How did you feel about the re- reboots of the Spider- Spider-Man series? Um, let's see. I saw the most recent one. You didn't like the most recent one? Well, I didn't see the most recent one, because the prequel to that one I, I didn't much care for let's see i saw both of them i thought that the most recent one was much better than the the one immediately preceding it i thought it had a lot of its own you know it, it was quirky it was um it was it was a little bit more light-hearted um i just think that main guy is such a pussy the, the spider-man guy the like really like soft and like worried guy and like i get that like peter parker that's he was kind of like that in like mcguire that that worked for me. I don't know. Yeah, he was he was a goober. Good I don't know. I uh, I'm giving the new one. It's a watch. You know, it's a yes. I recommend it. Um. Do you do you have Super Smash Bros here? I have Super Smash Bros. Is it in, is it in my vicinity? And it's connected to the Brawl TV. And nice. We can play after we wrap. If you'd like. Are well, you gonna go to Brawl? I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty bad at it. Like another drink. Um, I still got a still got a little bit of mine. Help yourself, buddy. Thank you. What's mine is yours. Actually, it's my roommate's. We're uh, we're drinking Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka tonight. It's got a really nice bottle. Tastes good too. Have you seen any other good movies recently besides uh, Spider Man? Gosh, what have I seen? I saw Dunkirk. How was that? Miguel didn't like it, so I didn't go see it. Miguel uh, doesn't like stuff. I just that's fair. Whatever. I liked it. Um. I saw it at the Britannia Theater. I think that that always helps. Like, Definitely. whatever I'm watching, I think that that takes it up a notch for me. Gosh, what else have I seen recently? I'll be honest. I don't go to the movies that often because they cost, dying, uh, they cost money. It's dying, man, especially because you can just chill at home and watch it on your comfy couch with Bay. you know? Yeah, there's that, but they're just, they're not, they're not as, they're not the economical, like, choice for going out anymore. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna end up spending almost fifteen dollars. As opposed, where, where would you go instead? What's like the place to go out? Like a bar? Uh, okay, so I thought you meant date. Like date. Oh, okay. Like. So dates. Yeah. Um, no, I, I would still go to a, a movie, a movie date. That's that's still solid. But I don't know. I feel like just now that I live in New Orleans, there's always something very true. interesting to do. Very true. Like going to a movie feels like. Like a last resort. Like a yeah, 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 because I mean, there's some bars having some event. There's some festival going on. You know, there's just so much to do here. It's either Louisiana or New Orleans. It's probably Louisiana, but it's like there are more festivals than days of the year. They they do overlap. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. it's. I mean, it's it's fantastic. That's one of the reasons I'm so happy that I chose to come here for for med school. I mean, we don't have that much free time. But like whatever random moment of, you know, glorious right. free time, some, you know, spontaneous free weekend, 
oh, it's it's the powdered sugar festival. Like, I don't know, and it's probably dope. Yeah, you can't beat New Orleans, man. No, can't keep me from this place. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to travel a little bit, run away, but I'm coming right back because God bless this city. Um, talk to me about because aren't you big into big? Aren't you big into research? I I have done research. Are you I, doing anything right now? Or you mean I'm not involved in research right now. I did some um, some genetics research in college. Okay, I was about that. So genetics is kind of genetics was. More my thing than a lot of other things, yeah. And um, I did a little bit of clinical research in med school. Um, did you find anything over at Children's Hospital? Not really. Um, I feel like that's probably a lot of. Research. I mean, you know, it, it was kind of an interesting project, but it was small scale. Um, we're looking at wet cough. Tell me about wet kids. Cough. Um, well, we were looking at kids with like immune deficiencies. Uh-huh. Um. We haven't done a lot of the. We haven't analyzed our data very much, so it's kind of hard to say right now. That was interesting. I was at Children's Hospital. You know, um, I think my undergraduate research was was pretty neat, though. What was that? We were looking at um, we were looking at gorillas. Actually, I was doing research on gorillas. Whoa. Yeah, I never what? physically touched, Why? saw, smelled anything. Uh, you know, on, on a gorilla, um, I just used, used their DNA. So we were, uh, we wanted to know, yeah, we wanted, we wanted to know about the, the gorilla genome. We were looking at a very specific type of DNA element that I won't go into it, but it's, we were looking at how gorillas are related to other primates. Um, because you want to learn about the human experience. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it was kind of one of those basic science knowledge for knowledge's sake type of things. What do you um, mean? I mean, th- th- people like to criticize basic science research, you know, the sort of the layperson's perspective, you know, uh, the people criticize basic science research. You say, why, why is this person studying, you know, how snails mate right. or something, Fucking right? That was actually like a specific shit, yeah. example. There was this scientist who was doing this really interesting research on how snails mate, and people How just like you know somebody latched some politician like latched onto this as like a uh, like wasteful funding like why why is like federal why are federal dollars going towards mate like somebody like wa- like watching snails bang and you know the answer is you never you never know what you're going to find and you never know when the knowledge that you gain about the natural world is going to apply to us you just never know like i mean how was penicillin was discovered by accident right i mean you knowledge for knowledge's sake is important whether it's obvious now why or not well i mean why were they studying how snails mate i have no idea just to i did not read the study just to broaden the scope just of human to learn of, just of to of broaden the, the scope of hu- yes yeah. exactly which to me is just great and I think that that, in it as its own end, is enough. But you, but you know, if you, if you want to know what you're going to get out of it, I don't know right now. Yeah. But one day, maybe we will know. I mean, and you know, much of what we know about medicine comes from our understanding of other other organisms. other organisms. Yeah. See, you know, it, it all it all ties together. Well, dude, gorillas are super interesting, man. Talk to me about our. I mean, that's our closest. 
Chimpanzees technically are. Chimpanzee and bonobos and bonobos, yes. Right. No one ever talks about bonobos. Let's let's uh, let's just talk about bonobos for a second. Let's do it because I'm super into sexual I, studies. I I yeah. So I was an anthropology minor in college, which was fantastic. Learned all kinds of things I didn't expect to learn, oh. including the way that they figured out that bonobos were not chimpanzees. And it, is it naughty? It's naughty. Yeah, they bone and they don't rip each other to shreds. They're like super chill. Well, yeah. Bros, right. They somebody was um and I may be. I may be misrepresenting this, but I don't care. It's naughty. Uh, yes. So, um, right, try and harmonize with me real quick. Naughty. Naughty. Keep going. So, chimpanzees have sex um, doggy style from the back. All right, they all do it. Love it. This is how they all have sex. It's pretty homogenous, without exception. Without ex- well, pretty much, yeah. Huh. And but some researcher realized why are these chimpanzees doing it missionary style? This may sound like, you know, a ridiculous question to follow up on. Right. What ta- we, Johnny Taxpayer. Johnny yeah, Taxpayer. Why? Give me more school and roads. Yeah. I said, why, 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 why am I paying for you to watch like chimpanzees porn. have sex? Like, why do I care? Like if they're, yeah. <laughs> why, why am I paying for these perverts? To watch What are you guys Gay or something Yeah Watching a bunch of monkeys Eating each other's Buttholes and stuff That's a That's an actual quote Um Yeah And they They, were, they discovered that That this, they, they were dealing With an entirely bonobos? Different species huh. Based on how they Banged Um huh. Yeah and, and they found That bonobos Have an entirely Different culture For how they show You know how they Solve oh, problems dude. They Bonobos solve Disagreements By having sex And What Chimpanzees solve disagreements by, by beating the shit out of each other and and just they're real assholes yeah they're dick ba- and they're crazy strong and they're just they're crazy mean. strong but bonobos are just chilled out man just trying to bone dude. so if you have yeah if you have to beat one there's or the an, other be a bonobo there's an incredible book called sex at dawn by dr christopher ryan whom we referenced originally about the experiment dealing with birth control and hormones um, and he's just famous for this book, Sex of Dawn, and it's it's all about it's not all about, but he widely references bonobos and kind of how we are so closely related to bonobos, and we probably share a whole lot of similar sexual properties with them, but no one ever wants to like talk about that. And it's icky. You don't want to you don't want to think about like compare your sexual practices to a, a lesser being, right? Right. But and they're lesser because I don't know. I often wonder this. It's like. Sam Harris talks about how the hierarchy to kind of determine the significance of species is their ability to emote positive reaction. Do you agree with that model? It's kind of like dogs are better than plants, right? I mean, because they can we like to experience think experience so. joy because I mean, they can respond to their environment in a more um, immediately appreciable way. They, I mean, they can, res- you know, they, they, yeah, they can respond to their environment more rapidly and in a more meaningful way. But I mean, in, in my opinion, I mean, every organism on earth is just as equally well adapted to its environment, you know, as much as it needs, to as be. much as it needs to be. The reason, the fact that it exists means that it kicks ass and it, you know, that's, why, that's why it exists. Down at, at its game. It, yeah. The reason it's that current configuration of its genome is the best for that 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 spot 
where it is. And I mean, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as the top of the pyramid, the top of the food Humans chain, are but so like cocky dude, look at, look at, uh, back like, you know, antibiotic resistance and bacteria. They're kicking our ass right now. They're one cell, single cell. Wow. And, and they're, they're really giving us a run for our money. Yeah, I guess we just want to feel important, and we want to feel like life has meaning. I mean, and I think it does. I'm, I'm important. Of you're, you are. I mean, so you know, I, I think you're. I think you're important. <sighs> I guess it's all just frame of reference, man. I don't know. Anyway, be more like bonobos. Be more like bonobos. Did you learn any other? See, I feel like anthropology would have a bunch of cool tidbits. Ooh. Cool tidbits. Like, what the hell is anthropology? It's a study of human the beings. study of study of human beings. It's kind yeah. of a broad topic, you know. Right. Um, I don't know. Gosh, it's been it's been a while. Um, I took a pretty cool Peruvian archaeology class in which we what? learned a lot about uh, the humans' interaction with uh, you stop drugs. With that, um, I, it's wire. blinking. It's literally. Uh, because you might interrupt our feed. I'm sorry. Which would be annoying. Glenn, um, interestingly enough, whenever I ask him some kind of question and he doesn't immediately have like something dope to say, he starts like fiddling with all the goddamn knobs on the soundboard for some reason. I am when pretty really, ADD. It's, it's okay to just kind of just kind of be cool, man. Yeah. You need to give me like um, like a fidget spinner or something to just occupy my fingers. Dude, okay. I feel like you probably I have, a dope have one. Spinner. You what's a good do you know any monologues or even rap songs or just something that you can occupy your own microphone with verbal content for the next 15 seconds 15 seconds or tell a joke you know what oh I'm god you, I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go okay get yeah Here just, go. just go um <laughs> I'm just gonna tell a story about Max oh, I feel like that's the appropriate thing to do um back in college the hardest thing about taking Max out was keeping him from climbing things. And in the course of one night, in attempting to drive him home, I had to convince him that he could not ride on the roof of my car. Oh, God, the old car on the roof thing. Dude, this um, great. I, I tried to convince him that he could not climb the giant, uh, the giant sign above the gas station. Failed. And then when we got him back home... The first thing he did when he climbed down from the roof of my car was climb the nearest tree. Wait, I climbed that billboard. Are you talking about... You, oh, you did. No, I... This works best. If it's perfectly horizontal, it'll go forever. Yeah, yeah we, we, we tried to convince you not to. All right, hold you, on. Which story was this? Hmm? Which, which story was this? Was this the billboard in Tigerland? Because yeah. I climbed that shit. You did. You did. It was great. Yeah. I like and climbing like, things. It's a metaphor. It's also... It's challenging... It's also, um, maybe it's kind of based in my desire to become tall and high status so that I can propagate my DNA because women are attracted to tall, high status alpha males. Are we anything but sex drive? Freud would say no. Freud, Freud would say no. No, but right now we're, we're just talking like you said, but are we doing that I think I'm talking to you right now because... I think my sex drive's at like a three right now. A three out of five? <laughs> I mean... I think I'm talking to you right now because... What are you picking up? Because I... 
one because you're just a smart dude and you provide a lens on the universe or on this vapid objective truth thing that I guess I'm trying to get a closer approximation of okay. and I guess I want to experience that through different eyes and you're just fascinating to listen to it's building some sort of like content program that I can give to others and therefore hopefully entertain them and enlighten them and inspire them um I'm not really thinking about sex right now no I'm not either. I feel like not everything is about sex drive but I wonder if there's just some sort of unexplained math or something that, like, okay, maybe all my actions right now, subconsciously I've figured out that this will benefit me later. I like to think that we've transcended that in some way. I don't know if I believe it, but, but you like to think I, I think life is more fun when I, yeah, I don't try to distill it all down to one motivation. Excellent point. So yeah. that's that's how I try to see it. I'm there. You there? You feel me? I feel you, dog. How's that fidget spinner? This Isn't is wor- this is working for me, dude. It's like it's like heavy, and it it's and got it, some weight to it. Like yeah, this costs money. It's good. So apparently, the woman let the patent expire on fidget spinners, oh. and so that's why they're so you know widespread and available yeah and if she had just held on for like a little bit because it's a risk right it's like patents cost money and maybe she she had her it for a couple of months couple of years and no one was biting and then the patent freaking expires and she could have been a mega billionaire it's such a simple little tool though they're so dope dude i remember uh i was in the the grocery store recently and and there was some like off off brand fidget spinner and it was it was called Toy fidget. Fidget? Toy toy fidget. Oh, got it. You know, it's like the like somebody translated it to Chinese and then translated it back, back to, to English. Okay. Back to American. And then like nobody was like Yeah, no, that's like not like normal <laughs> English syntax. But like it doesn't matter. Like people recognize the shape and the brand and they're like, Ooh, you know, there's like twelve year olds like, ah, give me five. Like, right. The brand name is not important here. And then they're oh. all Instagramming their toy fidgets those damn kids these days with their cell phones and their social meatstagram um you have add you said or you were just oh yeah oh hard hardcore add what does that even mean um i mean it's adhd is a it's a diagnosis it's a real thing i was i i used i took all all the you know all the adhd medicines i took adderall concerta how do you feel about it um i mean it helped me you helped me get through well, school, yeah, you know. Helped you. You fucking take ADD and you'll be a f- goddamn physics major. Um. Well, it was a it was a biology major, Max. I you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It allows you to memorize copious amounts of yeah. information. I haven't taken it in a long time. I haven't. I didn't. I haven't taken it since high school. Really. I like that because I feel like it's probably not good. I feel. I felt like I needed to kind of figure out how to be an adult without it. Uh huh. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to belittle any adults who who use it because there are plenty and some people, you know, just really need it. But I thought, you know, I I could probably people, if I just say some people need it, like they need it to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, basically, Which, and that was my problem. Like maybe in, in grade school, maybe they're just not designed to focus on one thing at a time, and that's why they are the way they are. Yeah, um, I mean, there's some interesting data on it, and I think that the medications we have now are much better. Yeah. Than they used to be. Well, isn't Adderall crazy overprescribed? 
it was overprescribed. Just like, I mean, it was the new thing, you know, the disease. It'll make your kids shut the fuck up and do good at yeah, school. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, oh, you can give your kid, like, your kid's annoying and there's, like, a pill that your doctor will give you that you can give your kid who and he'll shut up. Like, yeah, people are going to use the hell out of that and, was, you know, Ritalin. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the same thing with, like, opioids. It was, like, it was, it was, you know, an instant fix to a common problem and so it got, you know, got abused a little bit. So you truly feel that you lie on a spectrum of uh, attention deficit more so than someone else? Absolutely. I mean, it takes like a lot of effort for me to like stay focused on one thing sometimes. And That's I mean, so I've, relative I've, though. How can how I've, can we know? I've learned to be a lot more disciplined. Uh huh. You know, now as sort of an adult, but as a kid, you know, I'm like looking off into space like i can't sit through a lecture because i'm thinking about something else i can't just train my attention right you know maybe like blurt out things you know when i shouldn't that kind of thing um what what's the source of of this phenomenon isn't it like i don't have a great answer for that and i don't know if there is a really great answer for that but i mean um it's it's sort of it's an overactivity in your brain um, you kind of got, you know, too many things firing at one time. Right, but why did we evolve that way? Because it's a significant... Well, it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, not, not every aspect of, you know, human behavior is on purpose or has a purpose. So... But it has a cause. It has a cause, but it's, I think it's more of a variant than, than like a, like huh. an adaptive mechanism. Like... You know, it's not. It's not a. It's not a behavior that's. It's kind. It's kind of hard to say because you know, most of human existence, people aren't like sitting in a classroom, right? Yeah. So it may be a behavior that. What are you that, more suited to if you have ADD, to like killing people on a battlefield? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe like, you know, if I if I'm like hunting caribou, you know, something like that. If I'm like a hunter gatherer type well, of situation, well, dude, I don't know if ADD is something that's going to really like affect my ability to survive. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I, but it's it, it's not it that it's seems, it's not. It would seems it would be detrimental because it probably to would still be detrimental. Kill this this yeah. fucking dinosaur, but then you're like, ooh, a bird, right? Like, you know. But I mean, there's lots of things that you know we we treat now that we we can fix that you know even a couple hundred years ago, you know, would probably be really detrimental. Like, you know, there's like, like congenital diabetes, like diabetes, like, like type one diabetes. Like you either get it or you don't. I got it for my 25th birthday. You got type one diabetes this past year. Wow. Yeah. Pretty lame, huh? That's pretty, that's pretty lame. Well, ironically, it's making me healthier because it's just, Forcing me to draw attention to what makes you think more about what you put in your body, and dude. Yeah. I think one of my new theories is just like blood sugar regulation is is just so important. So like you could you could have some kind of crazy response to carbohydrates that you just don't even realize, and mm-hmm. then so like I think taking blood sugar readings is just super important. So it kind of just forces me to do that, and then and then like have a regulated diet, which just makes me healthy. So like. As long as I can supplement insulin, and ironically, it's making me even healthier, one might say. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're managing it. I'm, like, kind of pumped about it, because it makes me more interesting, right? Um, and it forces me to, to think about what's going on with my body, so I can live forever. 
it is Forever. it is really interesting how people don't think about their bodies at all until they get sick. You're darn tootin', brother. So think about your bodies. Do all of the self exams that you need to. Just think like think what? about your body. You know, like a budget. check check up once a year. I I meant self exams. I just be aware of your body. You know, just yeah. be be aware of your body. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Get it. Get a checkup. Listen to your body. It's 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 telling you things. Yeah. Drink water. Stay hydrated, y'all. Especially you. It's hot out there. Yeah, especially beef. Especially beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, anything else uh, on your mind? What, what, what what's going on? What, what are you like most annoyed with during your day? What what are you like? What am I most annoyed with during my day? Um. Gosh, you know. Um. Anytime I'm I'm not wearing scrubs. I'm like acutely aware of that because I'm always near somebody who is wearing scrubs and I'm like, I'm wearing scrubs by the way today. Yeah. Max is answers the door in scrubs once every two weeks, three weeks or so. I'll just wear scrubs all day and just go about a normal film school or just commercial producers life, but I'll just wear scrubs. It's, um, people treat you differently. Um, women think you're hotter. Uh, and it's just funny that someone who's not a doctor can just wear scrubs because you can, it's not illegal for me to wear scrubs. All right? of my scrubs I bought at a thrift store. <laughs> it's just like an exercise in, in chaos, I suppose. Just, Plus they're very just, comfortable. Just jump into another role. It's fun. Jump into another oh, saying, right, you, you, another you, societal role. Yes, no. another societal role. Just just goof around and pretend and like keep people on their toes. I don't know. It's a thing. But, um, so the thing that annoys you most is when you're not wearing scrubs? Well, no, no, that's like a day-to-day thing. Pretty much any time, uh, I guess, I guess the thing that annoys me most on, on a day is, you know, any time I turn on the news, <laughs> I try not to do that. I try to stay informed, but, you know, Dude, I also I wanna want to stay positive want to and it's really hard to do both at the same time. <laughs> exactly. It's almost impossible. All right. Let's talk about the goddamn news. Ex- my thoughts exactly, man. It's like, what the hell is going on out there? The, the world is literally exploding. Everything sucks. And the news, it's the job of the news so that it can stay relevant to give you shitty information. And like bad news is way better than good news, right? Um, I can't even I can't even keep up anymore. And it, and it just depresses me to like, get, you know, like the scam or whatever, the, like the email thing that yeah. sends out. It's like, oh, well, 79 people were killed in, in Egypt today. And it's like. Would I be better not even knowing that? Am I a jerk for just kind of shutting that out? Or oh, I like, have that same thought process every time I hear that. I'm like, man, I would be having a better day if I hadn't heard about that. But like, I also don't have to deal with that. And I mean, it's like it's like makes you pumped about how good of a life you have, yeah. which is good. But it's like. I don't know. It seems that now with with the internet and everyone's so connected, it's like I mean, for example, for, if you want to talk about morality, in the 1200s, would would someone from Spain ever have to think about someone from Mongolia? Like if there was like some sort of epidemic over there or earthquake or whatever, it, it, they wouldn't even come into no, your, your plane conse- of, would of not perception. Be, wouldn't be consequential immediately. It would take a long time for something that happened in Spain to matter to someone. It, it probably wouldn't, right? But now it's yeah. like, boom. 
bombing. You you hear about it and it's like, fuck. No, the rapid spread of information is just as good as it is. It is bad. I mean, that's how our last presidential cycle went down. Right. I mean, dude, we just voted in the just, dude with like the highest ratings, right? I mean, it was just um, who could um, pump out the the right kind of crap. And exactly. It was. Look at our options, man. You know, fear, fear won, and that's not surprising. But um, people have an unending barrage of information and no facilities to verify or criticize or, or, you know, critique any of it. And so you just get to, you've got so much information coming at you, you just get to pick your favorite, your favorite (laughs) ones, you know, and. Did you vote in the presidential election? Of course. I mean, God. you know, you're you're just a drop in the bucket, but you know, so few people, only 48% of people voted in this election. Um wow. So there's just that leaves so much uncertainty for how the, you know, and I mean, I, you you look at you know, you talk to your friend on the left and talk to your friend on the right, and then you may think, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. Um, that's because your friend on the left and your friend on the right may not have may not have voted. Right. And I, I, just, voting is important. Now, you know, you can get under the Electoral College, which I think is... Dude, on the federal scale? Just, just an scale, antiquated, you dude, know... I just, I feel like I have so much fucking shit going on in my immediate social sphere. It's like, now you want me to get involved on a national political sphere? It's like, you got, like, you're, you guys are still doing that? Like, like, Donald Trump and, like, Hillary Clinton and all that stuff? Like, in, like, Washington? It's like, I'm just gonna kind of just, like, do what I think is best and, like, and I'm yeah, like I'm, I was over here it. trying to get through physiology. Right, like I got I got some shit going on. Like I I don't care about f- the fucking president of the United States. I'm sorry. I just I just I, it's like it's too it's it's beyond saving. Honestly, I think I don't like, even know. I say take the money and run. Take the love and run. I should take say take the love and run. Take the love and run, man. I don't know. Where are we going to run? Where are we going to go? And that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, well, you should be thankful for the American soil and the soldiers that fight your war so you can have freedom and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't fucking ask to be born anywhere. I didn't, no one asked me, like, about the rules to, to govern the nation. It's just like, I don't know. I'm over it. I'm over geopolitics. No, I'm totally over it, too. I'm super over it. It's crazy that Donald Trump is our president, though. That's like... Regardless of how we feel about our personal interaction with federal politics, that shit's crazy. And it, it... So a lot of people talk about how, well, this is great because this will spurn people to action because we people will realize, look what we just did with the office of the President of the United States of the America. But... I don't know. I, th- I think it's just a, a black hole that is collapsing in an opponent's self. All I, all I can hope is that this outcome gave people a little bit of a wake-up call in terms of 
you know, the fact that their consequences, that their actions have consequences that like you're, you, you can, you can make a difference or not like doing something and not doing anything. Both have a consequence. You don't get to, you don't get to sit out and, and feel, um, you you shouldn't, you should not have a clear conscience for sitting this one out. <laughs> to you know, I'm saying that to the to everybody. Right. You don't get to have a clear conscience. Well, you for, don't get you, to you don't get to you don't get to sit it out. You, you don't definitely get don't get to bitch if you didn't vote. I guess you can have a clear conscience if you had a good reason, but you don't get to bitch about the outcome if you sat out. You know, if you if you uh, if you sat it out, if you didn't I try out, out, I didn't vote. I don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Fucking I I gathered that from from the, uh, <laughs> the previous conversation. And I like, understand some that people that was, made me feel terrible about it, but it's it was a like, bad. I mean, it was a bad. Uh, it was a bad situation, and, and you felt like supposed to vote for. You just don't dude. feel like you can win, and I get that. Like the the two party system? Are you kidding me? Of course, no. You're, you, yeah, it's a black hole. And South I'd, Park. I'd, did I'd it. rather I'd rather talk about black holes, like actual black holes, than talk about fucking. <sighs> well, that's. Me too. <laughs> but you know who doesn't know what a black hole is? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. <sighs> Not at all. Did you know that... I wanted to say something cool about black holes and like event horizons and spaghetti... What, I, what's the word? Isn't there a word for spaghetti-ulation? Mm, I don't know. It's the phenomenon of where if you got closer to a black hole... The closest part of you in the z-axis or whatever would immediately be because, like, the difference between being an inch from a black hole and half an inch from a black hole is like crazy strength, right? Because mm-hmm. it just gets exponentially more gravitational. Right. Pull. So, if you get half the the part of your body that's half an inch closer to the to the center of the black hole starts freaking getting murked by gravity, and so it's like spaghettifying or something. There is a hilariously spaghetti-like word. That refers to the phenomenon of if you got close enough to a black hole, you would just morph into a tube and just get sucked into infinity. That's pretty crazy. Would you agree? I I would. I concur. I concur, Mr. Fisk, (laughs) Dr. Fisk. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I I've um. I've felt that way. Um. When I when I walk past the, the barbecue food truck that parks on campus, like <laughs> if I get too close to the, the queen on wheels, there's an, that truck has an event. It has an event horizon that is, um, it's formed by just the, 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 the smell of barbecue. Oh, and, man. um, so it, it kind of lures you closer and then you get to this critical point where the guy who runs the food truck sees you and he well no he he will offer you barbecue he'll like cut some barbecue off and hold it out on tongs and that's it you're you're done like you're you are in another dimension no not even light can escape like you're gonna walk over there you're gonna taste that barbecue and then you're gonna get a plate (laughs) doesn't barbecue give you crazy bowel movements like awful ones i'm not gonna lie like I don't know what this yes. dude. I don't know what this dude. <laughs> usually, usually, yeah, like there's, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into. But this guy's barbecue, like it, it it's works. Worth the it works. Like no, no, it like it. 
I can go through the. I can have a normal day after eating this barbecue. Oh, yeah. But then at nighttime, you're not. No, I like. I'm a normal person. Huh. It doesn't affect me in the way it's that grass-fed yeah. barbecue sauce. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know, man. I just can't. I just suck at digestion. I'm pretty I'm bad at digestion it. myself. I've, uh, I've, I've started to to realize that. You know, maybe I'm lactose intolerant. I don't even, you know. Oh wow! I don't know. I may have a touch. I would die if I were like. I so would. That means I don't no know. Milk, no cheese, I'm fighting it. No ice cream. I'm fighting, fighting it. it. I'm just fighting it. it. I don't think I actually am. So here's. The but it scares thing. me. You know, like I'm more afraid of that than like my own mortality. <laughs> like not being able to drink whole milk anymore. Oh God! Oh, by the way, people who drink skim milk stop drinking skim milk. Stop drinking two percent. Drink whole milk. Just, you just you're just drinking lactic acid. It's like just drink the fat. Just drink the fat. Fat it's is good. good. It's good. It's good Look, fat. Welcome to 2017. Fat's good for you now. Yeah. Refined sugar is bad. Apparently, nobody knows fucking anything about nutrition. But apparently, like refined sugar is bad for you, and I'll, I'll buy it. I don't. I try not to eat it. Um, the weird thing. So I thought I had a gluten thing, which is. Which is also probably no one should eat gluten because gluten's bad. No, if you have celiac disease, you should not eat gluten. If you don't have celiac disease, you still probably shouldn't. Eat no, gluten. you can eat gluten. Well, you can, but it's, it's a total myth. There's no science behind it. No science behind. No the fact science that behind. Is bad. And none. That American produced wheat is not the play. None. I mean, carbs. Carbs are bad. Okay. Carbs are bad. Carbs are bad. Okay. You need carbs. You need you carbs. Need carbs. Humans. Are not supposed to eat carbs on the scale that we do eat carbs, but is um, there a macronutrient ratio that you support? Oh man, I wish I could give you some numbers. Um, I can't because I'm I, at like forty five percent carbs. I mean, like diet. like you should eat a balanced diet. You oh, know, well yeah, but what does that mean? Because because nobody fucking will tell you what that means. I, yeah, I mean you should make sure that I, there, there you know you can you can look this up. Like there there I can't tell you exactly, but there's lots of literature out there that tells you like. What your macros should be, and but even that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of disagreement among that. But y- you know, you need to eat protein. Some you need people, to have a significant. Some people induce ketosis and eat eighty percent fat or some shit. And like, I and mean, there's like I I heard about the bacon diet recently, Whoa, where you basically just up. eat bacon. Sign and yeah, this right. Dude I mean, up. you're not getting like any micronutrients. It's kind of dumb, but like people do it. When you say micronutrients, you mean like vitamin A, vitamin, like vitamins, magnesium, basically vitamins. Yeah, and and you know minerals. Do you like um, capsule supplementation vitamins? I, I don't, I don't recommend it. Well, ideally, you should get them from your diet. Basically, um, you, if you're eating leafy vegetables, you know, like your like your dark leafy greens, you got some source of meat. In your diet. So let me stop you right there. I heard from one school of thought that we don't have the stomachs to digest leafy green vegetables. You don't get a lot of nutrients from them. It's just the fiber. So but you like, get fiber and you do get um, I mean, you get folate. You can get iron. You get um, you know vitamin A. Vitamin that sounds C. like nutrients. Yeah, so you do get nutrients. You don't, you're not going to get energy from it. And so you're right in that sense that like we're not ruminant animals like a cow has stomachs. Yeah. And they have bacteria in there that are able to break down that fiber and turn it into a usable form of energy. We can't do that. So if we eat raw grass, 
you know, it's not it's not bad for us. We get fiber; it helps it's you poop. It's just not anything for us. Makes your poops good. And fiber yeah, is important. But you get fiber from from fruit and veggies, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, fruit has well, lots of sugar in it, and that's that's energy. You know, that's good. Right. You need glucose to like maybe do some ATP, right? Yeah. I mean, so you can't just say sugar is bad, right? I mean, fruit's dope. The thing is, we eat sugar in a pure form, which our bodies aren't super good at handling. Uh-huh. We our bodies, our you know endocrine system, kind of freaks out. When we have a lot of sugar, we you know secrete a bunch of insulin, and we we're not we're not supposed to handle this much just straight up sugar. That's not well, that's not what our diet used isn't to be. That why you probably shouldn't eat like f- like things that gluten is in, like flour and and all that kind yeah. of stuff, because it triggers like a like this was back to the whole the insulin response and blood sugar thing. It's like you don't want crazy peaks and valleys, right? You want to kind of be even keel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to, I mean, you don't want to have really, you don't want to have really high blood sugar, that's bad. You don't want to have really low blood sugar, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, but like I said, just eating a balanced diet, you know, you, you, you shouldn't, you should never drink sodas that have sugar in them. I'm just, you just should, I mean, I do, obviously, but I, I shouldn't, nobody should, I'll you shouldn't. Right, I'll explode. You're, yeah, you're, soda. you'll, <laughs> but see, isn't that ironic that like, okay, now I don't drink soda, so like, I'm healthier now. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of sodium in it. Like, it's the worst. But it's, coffee it's is not, good. Coffee apparently is, I mean, definitely not bad for you. I'm and just worried about the crazy dependency on Western civilization with coffee. It's like, dude, people are. I mean, it's a drug, right? I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. Like, say like, oh, marijuana's bad. And like, alcohol's bad. But it's like, dude, coffee. Something's got to give, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just caffeine is psychoactive. It is psychoactive substance. What does psychoactive mean? Like, I mean, it affects the way your brain functions. Dude, I had some coffee today, and I was, I started tripping a little bit. And I was like, had like, you not had coffee in a while? Yeah, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'll eat it. Eat it. Yeah, I'll eat coffee every like four or five days. I'm, I'm uh, not I have it every day. Right, because you have to fucking learn information for 16 hours a day every day yeah because you're a psychopath but you're making the world a better place and you're healing i almost said the n-word because sometimes it's cool to say like the n-word but you shouldn't you shouldn't especially in broadcast internet radio i've been saying ninjas whenever it comes up in um in like a lyric because i listen (laughs) no whenever i'm like vibing and just killing a rap verse and then it's like the n-word it's like look i don't want to i don't want to train myself to be okay with using it and then i so i say ninjas because <laughs> that's hilarious i think that's some common ground that we can all agree on what ninjas ninjas are no joke dude ninjas are badass that's like an Actual school of people. I googled ninjas recently. That was another Wikipedia um, adventure I went on. Talk to me. I actually got pretty bored because the uh, it was it was actually like a really long Wikipedia article. I really can't tell you anything about ninjas. I got really bored, like it's really like, fast. There was like there was wait. The introduction was like super long. And well, because it's hundreds it like, of years get old. To the, get to the good stuff. Ninjutsu or nin- ninjutsu or whatever. It's like a discipline, and it's all about stealth and just immediate murder, which is dope. I did learn that the whole like ninjas wearing black thing is is uh, 
That's just like a you know Hollywood thing. Ninjas wear just plain clothes, suits and ties. Just right? plain clothes, just be, you know plain clothes of the of the common person because you know they Whoa. because that's how you like sneak up in, to onto a person in a crowd and. That's true. And, you, you know, can't be wearing all and black, not even necessarily. Yeah, because then you're, you're gonna look like a jackass. Right? Like you know, like who's that goth weirdo like in the crowd? Like I just remember, I have a ninja costume, like a full on ninja costume, and I can just wear that for Halloween. You totally can, oh and God. you can do like all kinds of weird stuff. And no one and can people give me are gonna be like, it. "Oh, it's part of his costume." Like, why is that guy? Why is that guy following that other guy? Oh, because he's a ninja for Halloween, <laughs> dude. But then the next day, crazy. when you're like still like. On the ninja thing, still killing people, sneaking around. Yeah, so you get one day houses. out of the year. My thing is, I'm I'm pretty much Halloween in 364 days a week, a year is what I would say. <laughs> so like, come on, like one day where you get to like act like a like a like a goofball. Are you kidding me? You you shouldn't just do that one day. I'm not saying I'm out on Halloween because that would be so nonconformist of me, but every day is Halloween. Max, never censor yourself. I don't. You want to hear something wackadoo? Yeah. All right. So I was I went to Prague um, last summer, and I was playing some basketball with my homies. We were walking back towards the apartment, and I saw – no, actually, I didn't see it. I was walking with my buddy Will. Sometimes I do this thing where I look at the ground when I walk, and I need to remember to poof, pick my chin up and kind of just look at everything. But it's weird because then don't you have to look at every single person you see in the eye? Yeah, we, we, we can't be doing that either. Do you ever get weirded out about eye contact? And this is a whole other thing. Let yeah, I still haven't. I still haven't completely figured Dude, figured me, out like neither. where the balance is on me that. Me neither. And I went all right. I file save eye contact right here after this story, which is over here. We're walking home from basketball, and. Will goes, dude, 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 look, do you see that? And I turn around. There was a guy in the middle of Prague wearing a mask, like a kabuki, scary-ass, weird-ass mask, and he was following people. There's a crosswalk, right? There's a sidewalk. So people are walking this way, and they're also walking in the exact opposite direction. He would follow behind one person who was walking in positive X axis, and he would just, he would like ghost behind them and kind of like be creepily walking behind them. He wouldn't tap them on the shoulder or punk them or anything like that. He would just do that for a little bit. And then when someone else would pass, because people like won't even notice, dude. Someone will be walking along on their phones and just not even notice a dude in a kabuki mask who's following people. He would do this. And then when someone else would pass, he would just turn around, walk in negative X axis the other way. We sat there and watched it for like, for like two minutes. Nobody saw him. There's a dude right now in the Czech Republic wearing a fucking mask, following people, and not even telling them about it. Damn. Is that creepy? Is that scary? Well, yes. But but if you never even realize that it's going on, does it even exist? No. If a weird guy in a kabuki mask falls in the forest, then there's nobody around. Is it creepy as fuck? Then, it, then is, it, is it creepy as fuck? Yeah. It was weird. That sounds like a blast. No, dude. That's like that's like those people who mess with people that they don't even know and like and don't even like be nice at the end. They're just like they just like mess with strangers. You know what I mean? Those kind of people are just like it's like you don't even know this person, you're just kinda like digging with them. It's like such a lame move. I think there were some like experimental theater people at LSU that used to do that in the quad. 
but they weren't like super good at it. But that's for the purposes of knowledge and and exploring. Look at beef, like jump into defending theater kids, right? Exploring chaos. I don't know. This dude was following like moms with strollers and babies and stuff. But was he doing anything wrong? As long as he wasn't like he wasn't stealing, taking wasn't weird videos, or, or no, he was he was purely wearing scrubs. Was he taking tips, dude? He was he was like a a ghost in the wind of the shadow. Maybe he was just working through something, and that was his way of, you know, getting in touch with himself. It was weird. Anyway, what was it, what did we save right here? File save. Oh, oh my god! It's no, not, no, 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 it's not in my RAM anymore. Shut up! Restart your system. It was right here. It was. There are people listening in their radios, screaming oh, at us right now. They know. Yeah, call. Fuck. Call in if you. Uh, Oh, what was it, Glenn? Come on. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's gone. I don't know. Something that has been on my mind that's been um that has been bothering me this whole time is I don't know what's on the front of your cap. Eye contact. Boom. That's oh, what it was. Alright, let's kill two birds with one stone here. It just says New Orleans on it. See, it's a good hat though. Let's make weird sounds for the next ten seconds. Now let's harmonize again. Barbershop quartet getting a little diminished with it. Nice. Eye contact. All right. And we can close after eye contact. All right. We're going to make eye contact. Throughout this entire All right. No looking away. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, man. This is weird. Eye contact is strange. So when you... I want to look away from you. I don't want to keep I know. I know. I know. I know. But this this proves the point. Just get through it. You know I can go 12 and a half minutes without blinking. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why I am a strong film actor. The strongest film actors do not blink. Michael Caine signed off. Eye contact. So right now, you and I are engaged in... A transmitting of messages. I we, feel like I can read your thoughts right now. We have gathered that we're. It's just not a. We're not trying to mate right now. We're just. We're, we've transcended our evolution, and we're still evolving because that's important. But we're we're also just. There's there's more colors than than just black and white to, to the spectrum of life. Right. But eye contact is something, especially when I. Maybe smoke a little bit. Of, I looked away. I was the first one to look away. Oh, when I smoke a little marriage weasel, um, I I can't handle eye contact and social dynamics and stuff. And it's like I start to hyperanalyze. Am I looking at him too much? Oh, now I look away. Why did I look away? Oh my god, are they looking at me? And it's just like all up in the air and all over the place, and it weirds me out. When you're walking down a hallway, I was just about to go there because I do this every day. You're in med school, right? And so the first person you see, hell yeah, what's up, baby? Maybe you don't say baby or what's up, but you you give them a like nice nod. But that becomes repetitive, exhausting, and almost in honest, unhonest, dishonest. Dis. Thank you. Honest. If you do that to every person you see, if you if you walk by and say, huh, 
<laughs> and that's just exhausting. I was walking with Miguel on the sidewalk the other day, and he was doing that. And I was like, dude, stop. It's weird. When you're the person acknowledging every other person, yeah, and you know, it may get to feel a little bit insincere. But if you're just the it's person who gets randomly acknowledged by a stranger, it feels pretty good, right? That's so, so just think true. about you. And like when the random stranger goes, hey, that's all. They just acknowledge your presence as a human being. You're like, wow, we just connected. We are, we are a community now. You just look at him. You, me, nod. me and that guy. You know, we're in this together. And if it's a beautiful babe, I've found. Well, then I get like really contact nervous contact and I like and run you, away. Like, dodgy but and you like don't look. I'm like, right. oh man, I don't, I don't want to blow my cover here. What cover? I don't want to come on. I don't want to come on too strong. <laughs> By looking at her in the eyes. Like, like I don't want to. I don't want like. You know, I'm like, I'm into her, but like, I don't know if she's not into me, then like, it's creepy. And like, I don't want to be creepy. You know, these are all like a million thoughts that go through your head. I know, man. And then you may, and then like, you end up just making some weird sound. Just it's like you, you, you come up with 10 things to say. And what you actually say is some sort of. As you're passing. Conglomerate of all yeah, of those. Yeah. Or what's worse is if it's actual words that just don't make sense. <sighs> the next I just want to stare at beautiful women in their eyes. That's all I really want to do. Next beautiful woman I see, I'm going to look at her in her fucking soul and say, wow. Hello. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's done. And uh, I can't wait to hear about that on your next segment. Well, for example, we're coming up on... Ooh, we're coming up on precisely two hours. This book ends rather nicely. So, um, little concluding. You already said segment, so I don't want to say the word segment. But a little concluding uh, soiree, if you will. Okay. Not the right word. Uh, how can we make the world a better place? I I ask my guests this each time. So, Glenn Carmen, I'll ask you. How can we make the world a better place? Um, we need to read more. Wow. That's a good one. We need to talk to somebody who disagrees with us every day. Every day seems arbitrary, but Once a week. Often. Once a week. Often. When the opportunity presents itself. Talk to people who disagree with you. Talk to someone who disagrees with you. I'm not saying you have to change your opinion. Just talk to somebody who disagrees with you. I like that. And that, so through that, you have. Challenge your own views thesis, on the world. Antithesis, synthesis. When those two meet in the middle, that's how you order, you have chaos, and that's how you, you learn and grow and create. Exactly. So let's do a little more of that. Okay, more reading and more talking to people who disagree with you. I like that. Simple, easy to remember. Challenge your own point of view. Because it will only become stronger. Exactly. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, I had a really, a really bunch of good ones. Um, I guess I'm gonna say. Embrace the chaos. Life is crazy. It's unfair. It's wild. But that's why it's fun. Because if everything were easy, cheesy, and simple, doodah, we would never get stronger it would never grow so embrace the chaos of life ladies and gentlemen this has been glenjamin w you gotta tell us what it's short for 
Wallace. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It nice. was worth it, right? It was worth it for those yeah, of you who stuck around to the end. Yeah, people hang, hung around for sure. Well, Glenjamin Wallace Carmen, thank you for coming on the show. This has been a delight. You're a very smart, charming young man, and I look forward to our continued friendship. Likewise, Max. Thanks for having me. No problem, brother. This will conclude the Snuggly Dragon podcast. Snuggly Dragon. Snuggly Dragon. Special shout out to... Oh, my God. Special shout out. Do not shout anything out all over, all over my podcast, please. Special shout out to Harvest Moon Coffee Roasters. If you're not drinking Harvest Moon, well, guess what? You're not drinking coffee. Doingus. Later.